This is Sunday night worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church with our CE Director, Reverend Mac Perry, bringing the message, The Person God Can Use. This is September the 25th, 2022. We'll start off with David and the Praise Team. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who leaving uh, the youth are going out if you want to be turning to uh, your scriptures uh, I'll be something I don't 
usually do, but I'm going to be in the Old Testament and, and also in the New Testament. But I'm going to start in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17, verses 29 through 39. And if you want to uh, take a minute and, and uh, as I'm uh, speaking, uh, you can look up the other. I'll be going to 2 Timothy, Timothy uh, chapter 3, 1 through 10. But uh, I'd like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about sharing this with you tonight. Uh, I've titled the uh, message, The Person God Can Use. The Person God Can Use. I love that house of the Lord when I think about, uh, you know, each one of us, uh, when, I, when I get through with all this, and when I think about each one of us, needs to be used by the Lord in the way that he has gifted us so that we all become one in his house and then the house of the Lord becomes united and wonderful things will happen then. But let's read. Uh, Everybody's familiar with the story, David killing Goliath. I won't be, uh, you know, uh, teaching or speaking on you know, David killing Goliath, but there's a whole lot of meaning there for a young person to do what he did in killing a giant and how um, we are able to do the same thing through God. But also, uh, I'll be uh, going to Second uh, Timothy and talking about Timothy's uh, prophecies of the end times also and then pulling it all together for you also. So looking at 29, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 17, verse 29, I took out a portion that pertains to uh, the message tonight, and I'll start with saying, and David said, we have, what have I done now? The main question there is, they're not a cause. And in verse 30, and he turned from him toward another and spake uh, after the same manner and the people answered him again after their formal manner. Basically, he's telling them there that he is willing to take on the giant. And when these words were heard, which David spake, they rehearsed or they spoke them uh, before Saul. In other words, they went and let him know. They reported it to Saul. And he sent for David. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him, Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. And he, a man of war from his youth. Basically, he's saying this guy's been raised from his birth to be nothing but a warrior and a killer. And uh, David has not. And in verse 34, And David said unto Saul, Thy serpent, serpent, kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock and I went out after him and smote him or killed him and delivered it out of his mouth and when he arose against me I caught him by the beard basically by his fur or his hair of the lion or bear and smote him and slew him so basically killed him Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this was un, uh, this, and this uncircumcised Philistine, meaning he's not Jewish, shall be as one of them, seeing he hath 
defiled the armies of the living God. So what he's doing is against God. It's, it's a good and evil kind of thing in David's mind. David said, Moreover, the Lord said, Deliver me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me out of the hands of this Philistine. And Saul said unto him, David, go, and the Lord be with thee. But notice what Saul tries to do in 38. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put, it, uh, he put an helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with the coat of mail. And then look at verse 39. And David girded his sword upon his arm. In other words, he put it on. And he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. In other words, he took it off. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off um, of him. So David took the armor off. When I think about the things that's on my heart I want to share for you. First of all, God uses a person who is not afraid. Now, David was not afraid. He had a high level of confidence. He was not afraid to take on the giant. And first of all, when you read verse 29, the ending of it said, Is there not a cause? Is what David said. So David took on the giant because he believed it was the right thing. There was a reason God wanted him to do it. He had an insight. He had an understanding to see that there was something greater going on than just a giant. It wasn't about the giant. He knew there was more to it. It was a struggle between what was good and evil. These uh, giants, this giant was attacking him and killing his people, God's people. And David had confidence in God. He knew God was the champion. God was the winner. God was the almighty king. And he had confidence that and he was not afraid. It was God who gave David the insight or the spiritual insight to understanding and knowledge. We've heard often that power, uh, knowledge is power. It is. Knowledge is power. The trials, the tests, the things that he had been through, God gave him power of understanding, power of knowledge that he knew confidence that he was going to be able to kill the giant. He was not afraid. That's the way we need to be, just like David. We don't need to be worried about the things of this world. We don't need to be concerned and afraid of them. We need to look to God. God is where our confidence comes from. God is where our knowledge. His Word is where we cannot be afraid. Not being afraid, we don't need to be afraid. We have giants in our life. Every one of us today has a giant in our life that we have to tackle. And we need to look at it the way David did. He had taken on giants before. And he had learned, had lessons learned. He had knowledge. He had experience. He had faith in God from those experiences. And he knew that God said he would fight the battle. He didn't even have to fight the battle. Also, in Samuel, when you look at um, chapter 17, 34, it talks about David's spiritual hindsight. He uh, taught him not to be afraid. God taught David how to handle lions and bears, the giants in life. He's been through the trial. He's been tested many times. And he come out successful. He killed the bears. He killed the giants in his life. God taught David how to kill the giants. 
He learned from it. God prepared his heart. God helped him to have the knowledge of how to do it and have the experience. And he passed the test. God protected him, as he said. Also in Samuel, first uh, Samuel, it tells us about his foresight. I thought about um, David decided he didn't need the armor. It wasn't proven to him. It wasn't tested for him. Like God had sent him out with just a sling uh, shot and, and killed lions and bears with his bare hand. David knew God's way was the best. He had confidence in God's way. The same kind of confidence that we can have in the way that God wants us to live. David knew that his slingshot was all he knew. The weapon God had already confirmed for him in the past. The weapon that God used to slay his giants. So he picked up five smooth stones. Y'all knew the rest of the story. And he killed the giant. So where did David get the understanding to not be afraid? And the le- it was in the lessons that God taught him. He trusted God. So when we go through trials and we go through different things in life, we should look at those as something that is in front of us that we give to God and God will help us. Through. We'll learn from those. We'll get knowledge. We'll... Don't be afraid. Tackle them head on because God fights the battles. God fights the giants. The second thing that I have on my heart about, God uses a person who gives it all. So first of all, He don't want us to be afraid of tackling the ugliness in this world. Second, He wants us to give our all. I I won't read that. Everybody knows the story of uh, John uh, chapter 6 where Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. Y'all going to kind of be laughing at this. Again, I, I, I saw humor it in. But, you know, it, I, when I'm studying, I think about me and I think about how humans are today. Do y'all remember the story? There was nothing in the story about the little boy saying, well, here, but I'm going to keep one fish and one bread for me because I'll need that, and here's the rest of it. You can have it. That's not what the little boy did. As we know, he gave it all. He gave all of it to God. He trusted God. He didn't look at you know the five, uh, the the, the uh, two loaves of five loaves of bread and the two fishes as I should keep some of it. When God talks about giving it all, He means giving it all. We're gonna talk. I'm gonna talk to you about that a little bit. When do you know when you're giving it all? What does that really mean? Well, one preacher. I I used him, but he didn't give a great answer on this, but it's an answer. If you really read into what he's saying, when do you know? When you're giving it all, he says, when you have nothing left. When can you truly say that you've given everything? And here he's talking mostly about his possessions, but I have one thing on my heart that I want to also talk about. When, When do you know you've given it all? It's when... There's nothing in your life, there's nothing in your life you're not willing to give up to help God, to carry out His Word, to carry out His message, to give it all. That's what He's talking about, giving it all. If you let your possessions, your home, your car, your money, anything, keep you from doing the right thing, you need to give it up. You need to give it up. We have to open ourselves up. We have to open up our hearts and give it all. 
So the second point I want to make is we also have to make sure when we give it all that we have no secret corners in our life. What I mean by that is when many of us have heard the old saying, do you have skeletons in your closet? What I'm talking about here, little secret things that little pleasures, little things that you like to do that you haven't given up yet. And you, and you may say, well, Mac, how do I know if I should give it up? This is what I've learned and what I've been taught and also the Word of God teaches. If there's something in your life that you question or you have some guilt, if you have a question in your heart where it's right or wrong, it's wrong. You ought to give it up. Did that make sense to you? We need to give it up. If you've got a question in your heart, then there's something there about it that's bothering you. We should give it up. We should give everything. We should open up ourselves and give it all. When we can truly say, Lord, everything is yours. Because what we have to remember is, everything we have was given to us from God. And it can be taken just like that. Amen. So where do we get the understanding to give it all? It's when we truly put our faith in His Word and put our faith and trust Him and we give it all. The third person that God uh, can use is one that uh, will not quit, that does not even know how to quit, that is ready to go forward. The story that I'm reminded of in the Bible, uh, I noticed many where people didn't give up and didn't quit. David and Goliath is a good one, and many others. Moses, many of them. But where do we get the understanding? Uh, not to quit. I, I, well, where do I get uh, the, message, the, the uh, story I chose? We won't go there and read it, but you know it very well. The walls of Jericho, Joshua. I think about in Joshua 6, about how Israel, Israel was asked by God to go and tear down the walls of Jericho. Now, I didn't go back and study this. I did it one time, but these walls were, quite honestly, they were thick enough a chariot could ride on the top of that wall. That's how wide they were, and they were very tall. So these were very tall, big, thick walls. Many armies had tried to destroy it before. When I think about Joshua, when you read in Joshua uh, 6 and read the story, Joshua did not begin to start questioning God. He didn't say, how am I going to do this? But when God said, walk around the wall uh, with your army once a day and seven times on Sunday, Joshua, being human, it probably did cross his mind like, wow, uh, I have to trust God on this. I don't know how me marching around the walls of Jericho is going to bring it down. But it did. He didn't quit on God. I'm, I'm thinking about this. When you really start thinking about the details of marching around that great big city that's miles around each day and the dust and hunger and the sacrifice and everything they had to do to go forward, they didn't quit. He did and the people did. You know, even though I, I believe some of them may have complained, some of them may have possibly uh, rebelled against it, but they did what God wanted them to do. They did not give, it, give up. Joshua did not quit. And I love that song, and the walls came tumbling down. So God can use people that, that do not quit. When I 
got here during the week, about midweek. God can use a person who's afraid. God can use a person that gives them all. And then a, God can use a person that doesn't quit. I, I kind of in my heart was wondering, Lord, is, is, this, is this the message? Well, there's one more thing. Now, I know that there's other things that pastors and ministers that stu- and you that study the Word would say, there's many things that we as people should, you know, should give. Uh, and, and we want uh, God to use us. We want God to use us. So there are many things on your heart that you know God can use in your life. But the fourth thing that come in my mind when I, 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 I was really thinking was I at the end, there was one more thing that came in my heart. And this is pretty much more of the message and the message of the church. One of the major problems today in this country and in the world and in churches uh, is that we need more of God. What people outside are looking in many churches out there and they're seeing the same thing that they see in the world. The church has to stand differently. The church has to be godly. It has to be like Jesus. You know, so God needs each one of our heart. That's the fourth thing. So God can use a person that has a spiritual heart, a spirit-led heart. Our world today, let me read Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 10, and, and you'll get a picture of where I'm going tonight. This was a lot of prophecy. And the thing that you, I, I want you to be thinking about is Timothy wrote, a godly man wrote this 2,000 years ago. Think about that. He wrote that this 2,000 years ago. He says, this, also, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, Covetous, boisterous, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and leap captively, city, um, captive silly women laden with sin, led away with divers' lust. Ever learning, that's one that I'll speak about a little bit tonight, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jansen and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, retrobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifested unto all men as theirs also was. And I look at, look at number 10. But thou, know, thou, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, and it goes on. So basically, 
God saying we have to have a mindset of all the things that He wants it to be, uh, love and long-suffering and all these kind of things. All that other stuff is the world. We need to be separated from the world. God wants us to each day to look at ourselves and to look at our heart. God can use a person with a spiritual heart. You know, in our world today, uh, well, actually, this was a few years ago. Just tell you, I'm going to give just a couple ideas about things, and you've seen many, many more. I don't watch the news daily now. I don't even watch it pretty much none at all. But this is something that captured me and just ripped my heart out when I heard about Roy Cooper, uh, the state attorney, uh, back when he was a state attorney. He went out and supported at the time uh, changing the law of marriage of men between men and women. A lot of people don't know this. He was able to get six to over 16,000 priests and ministers to sign a petition to send up to the U.S. Congress to uh, change that law. That's the world we live in. I'm not picking on Roy Cooper because 16,000 priests and uh, ministers signed it uh, saying that they want a U.S. constitutional law saying to change the law between marriage of men and women. The Bible tells us this is wrong. The Bible tells us. And then, more recently, Roe versus Wade. It is unbelievable how many people got upset because they thought it was okay to kill babies. Think about that. That's, and then 2,000 years ago, you know, not only Timothy, but Paul and many others told us this was going to be the days that we live in. God wants us to look at ourselves as individuals and as church members to evaluate our hearts. When the true spirit of conviction comes into our heart, it not only will change us, but it will change the heart of the church. Every Christian needs to every day look spiritually at your heart. God tells us to examine our heart. I think I had a message on that many years ago about examining your heart. We need to examine. Once we spiritually, our hearts are connected and we're focused on what God wants to do, great rejoicing, great lifting up of oppression, great lifting up of people, great lifting up of seeing salvation and great people will be blessed. Many people will be blessed. I want to say tonight to you, I know that some of you might think that, Mac, well, you're kind of speaking to the choir. I am, but that's all right. I know a lot of people out there looking. When I check with Joey, hundreds and even thousands over a period of time look at these messages. I'm saying to the world and to the churches out there, we need to get our hearts and minds right spiritually. I thank God for Pine Level. I feel today that we're the most united, most loving people today, and I really believe God's working in our midst today, and I'm thankful of that. We're seeing people blessed and healed and things like that. So I'm not really speaking tonight specifically to the church. I am speaking, speaking to each one of us to every day examine our heart. It's not easy to look at ourselves. Uh, we don't see ourselves. People don't want out in the world don't want to see themselves the way God wants them to see themselves. If they did, they would be embarrassed and they turn to the Word of God. 
if we looked at ourselves the way God wants us to look at it. Second Timothy tells us about people holding on to a form of godliness, although they have denied the power. There's a lot of people that can put on the show. Uh, they, they, ever learning. I, I, I remember those words. Ever learning. I read a statistic where today, only a few weeks ago I read this, where I forgot the percentage, but the highest number of the population of U.S. today has uh, at least a four-year college education than ever before. So we're getting more educated and more educated, but yet God tells us we're learning from the wrong books. We need to be learning from the Bible. We, be, we need to be learning where to get the power. This, word is, uh, uh, this world does not have the power that uh, our uh, uh, word is telling us tonight. The word, only power comes from spiritual hearts and spiritual minds. The word godliness, when I read that tonight, I think of the word godliness is mentioned many times in the New Testament, but one that stands out most often to me is about Jesus. Jesus was in the form of his father. Jesus was, was um, God. He was also uh, the great example for us. He is the true example of what godliness was. You know, I think about this sometimes. When you think about Jesus, um, I think sometimes we think about miracles. We think about the things that he did, the things he accomplished, died on the cross for us. But when I really think about uh, some of his accomplishments and godliness that he wanted us to learn from, and I've been sharing a lot of those from the cross, but also I think about the woman at the well. It wasn't about a healing there. It wasn't about a miracle. It was about loving someone. It was about truly and he's even his disciples saying, you're not supposed to go near that person. That is against the culture of the time. But Jesus said, I love that woman. She needs a word from my father. And that's what she, we, that's the godly, godly heart that I'm talking about. That desire, that love to go forth and talk to someone and build someone up and to encourage them. Godliness is the form of Jesus it is a great example for us. Verse 10 warns us about hypocrites. You know my doctrines, and some of you have taught my word, but only have any uh, outward appearance or form of being godly. We can be deceived by these people. What uh, Timothy is telling us, be very, very careful. They're out there, many out there. They can, yeah, I, I think about um, the outward list and they're dirty inside, according to the Bible. They're dirty inside when they do that. And, and God warns about being a hypocrite. A serious warning, they need to be careful. Churches in America today need to quit playing around church and get back to godliness, get back to a Holy Spirit in their heart. So the spirit of the heart. You know, I think about um, some of the comments from that lady last night about the different denominations. And, uh, you know, I think about the, the, the comments and about what they're not, basically those funny things about each one of those denominations kind of highlights 
Think about it. I could almost tell a joke about it, but I won't. I'm not a joking person. But it highlights what they're known for in the world. What do we want to known, be known for? You know, the comment about one religion was, let's go out and drink. One comment about another religion, well, I won't go there. Because somebody's going to start, I think I'm picking on different uh, major, the Baptists, the Methodists, and all these kind of folks. But I'm not. Did y'all know the Methodists right now about to vote on uh, allowing homosexuals in the church? Yes, the main conference, the main denomination is about to vote. I'm not picking on them. And somebody out there want to call me and question me on it, please do. Because that's what they've agreed to do. And I, you know, I feel like that, that is not a form of godliness. That is not what God wants us to do. The last days, God said they'd be a falling away. And it seems that way. And I believe COVID had a lot to do with trying to destroy the church. I do. I think the devil used it to destroy a lot of churches. There's a lot of churches that has not recovered from it that are still struggling today because people are not coming back and not, they're not being able to financially support themselves. I hear closing every day from our denomination and from other churches being closed to little churches. You know, the average church in America is only about 40, 45, and this was before, in attendance, this was before COVID. This was before COVID. So let's pray for other churches. We need to be praying. We're in the last days, folks. Everything that the Bible, the Word tells us, we're definitely in the last days. The battles in our life, the battles that have an effect on our spiritual heart, the battles that can take us down, the battles that puts questions in our minds, puts doubt in our minds. God don't want us to go there. He don't want us to be there. God reminds us in His Word, the battles is not between you and somebody else. And the battle's not between you and your family, your neighbor, your parents, your preacher, your church. Those are not the battles that God's telling us we're fighting each day. What we're fighting each day is our flesh and the devil. That's what we're fighting each day. We, we point our fingers at something somebody's done to us. It's just sin that's doing it. It's the devil doing it to us. We need to remember that, and that's what God wants us to remember, to give it to Him. We need to remember that. The battles aren't about what each other. The battle's about sin. Hallelujah. Not between us. When the battles occur, what are we going to do? What does most people do? I've talked about a lot of not being afraid and giving it all and all these kinds of things that we need, must do to uh, be uh, usable by God. Well, God can't use us if we do what most people do. Stop going to church. Stop talking to people, get upset, get mad, leave, don't pay the tithes no more, whatever it may be. I'm just not going to do it no more. That is not what God wants us to do. No, we don't do that. We have a, a, a continuous invitation from God all the time. He's there waiting for us to turn our hearts to Him in prayer and in His Word and in the altar. That's where we need to be. We just need to step out in faith and accept Him. We need to be very careful, very careful, and spiritually check and examine ourselves every day because of the things I just told you about. Don't let things, don't let the battles take you down. 
Don't let the things that confront your heart, the giants that confront your heart, don't let them tear you down. We need to be very careful. Don't fall into a delusion. Don't pray to some lying spirit that is trying to destroy you. I got to ask this question one time when I was teaching to you. Well, how do you know that this thing or this thing is from God or from heaven? I think I've said it to them many times, and I'll say it again. This is how I look at it. And this is, I believe, word, the God of word. We should, if it is not good, building up his church, building up someone, building up the house of God, if it's not praising God, lifting God up, if it is not testifying toward God, it is not of God. Does that make sense? That's the way I look at it. Anything, because the devil's doing opposite of God. Even though it may look like it may be good, that's where we started tonight when David said, there's a cause. What is the cause? There is a cause. It's a godly cause. It is what God wants us to do, and it's a spiritual cause. We need to be very careful. Don't fall into that delusion. Have we completely surrendered our heart tonight? We must be sold out completely. And every day... You know, when I say that tonight, I'm not only talking about me tonight. I'm talking about all of us. Each night, we have to ask God to touch our heart and open up. You know, I don't know. I know that just because I'm human, I make mistakes, and I sometimes do things or say things I shouldn't. I don't always uh, be aware of some of that, but I still ask God to forgive me each night. I do, because I'm saying, Lord, I'm sincere. I'm humble. I want to do your will. Your will. I'll conclude tonight with something. I don't normally do this. I don't normally get personal, uh, give personal opinions and thoughts, but I do want to give you on these four categories of what God can use. And I, I, I was done, but then in the last, yesterday I said, Lord, what does this mean to me? What is this teaching me? What is this helping me do? Well, listen, when I take the first one, God uses a person who is not afraid. What does it mean to me? It means that I need to pray that God boldly gives me the courage to stand up for what I believe is right. Think about it. It's, I'm making it simple, but for me, I pray that God give me the courage to stand up for what's right and to stand up and trust Him and believe in Him that He's going to fight my battles. And when I do have those battles, I accept the teachings. That's what it means to me. I accept what He's teaching and learning me because where am I going to get power, as I said earlier? It, the power comes from knowledge and wisdom the confidence I can get in knowledge of who God really is. He can do that for each one of us. So we got to stand up, and I'm going to use my trials and use the lessons that He gave me to become more determined than ever to do His will, to stand up and not be afraid. The second thing, what does it mean to me? God uses a person who gives their all. First of all, and this is the first word that popped in my heart. And I'm going to be thinking about that a lot. What does that really mean? It means to me 
to be generous, to be generous, to do my absolute best in blessing others and doing what God wants me to do. This came into my heart. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy when it talks about giving it all. Go do the work of the Lord. Every time there's an event, every time there's an opportunity to serve people or serve God, I want to be there. I want to do my part. That's what it means to me personally. And there's a whole lot of people saying, Mac, you don't need to be doing this. You don't need to be doing that. But next time you see me doing something, say, thank God. Hallelujah. Thank God that I'm still physically able, then he can bless me to go do it. I want to do it. Everything. Yes, I'll clean the commodes. I'll unstop them. I'll put toilet paper in there. I'll do whatever God wants me to do because that's where I get blessed. I want to do my all for him. I want to give it at all. And if there's something in my life, is there any questions about anything in my life? I want to give it to God. If it's something that I even have a question about, I'm going to say, God, it's yours. That's a personal note in that area. The third area, God uses a person who doesn't know when to quit. That's just been me generally anyway. God's always given me. <laughs> I know you're smiling. I don't know when to quit. My days are long, and I love it, and I thank God that I'm physically to do what all the things I do. I love doing a lot, but what it really means to me, even when things are against me, even th when things are tough, even when the trials are tough, I will not give up. I will stand on the Word of God. I will not give in to the things that I think is wrong. Hallelujah. I'm going to do my God's work, what He says in here. I will stand faithful. The more the trials, the more determined I'm going to be to stand up and trust Him, read His Word more, to pray more, to be in this altar more. I'm going to do more for everything that builds up Jesus Christ. That's what it means to me personally. I'm going to be more determined. The more the battles, the angrier I'm going to get at Satan, and I'm going to do more against him. Fourth thing, God uses people with a spiritual heart. What it means to me is every day seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance, not mine. I do have a tendency of just doing things and doing, I just get things done. And I have to learn to give more to God and let God lead me and guide me so I won't make so many mistakes. That's what it means to me. God don't make mistakes. Mac does. And I'm going to pray that God continues to bless me in that area and guide me and rain on me His Holy Spirit. I, need, I love that song, Rain on Me. Y'all remember that? Rain on me, the Spirit. Do not come. This is important. This is things that I've learned and wisdom that I've gained and you have gained that have been around. Do not completely trust the things I see and hear of this world, about this world, or of this world. Think about the way I said that, of this world. There's a lot of sin in this world that misleads us, misguides us, and we get upset. We get afraid. We stop doing because we let these things that bother us hold us down. We just need to give it to God. Give it to God. We got to trust that God will take care of it. And especially each day, do a, do a spiritual check. Examine my heart every day and ask God to continue to bless me and forgive me. Would you stand with me as we close tonight? And the word pray continuously. Um, I don't know what each 
and everybody's prayer life is like. Uh, I, I'm finding that uh, uh, the more I pray, the more God blesses. So my recommendation to you tonight, and it's not really mine, so I was on a personal note, but also God's recommendation is to talk to Him more. He has a word of wisdom for you. He has confidence for you. He's a gift for you. Would you come forward and let us be dismissed? Thank you. God bless you. Let's pray together as we dismiss. You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Ordinance Church. The Pine Level Pentecostal Ordinance Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash Pine Level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.